Lils and Patrick are two local musicians from the New England area whose minimal accomplishments have left them thoroughly unqualified to judge bands and artists who have been more successful than they ever could be. And yet, their passion for bad music persists on Jukebox Zeros, the podcast that takes a retrospective look at the worst albums of all time. From the Shags to Attila, from Cyberpunk to Scream, if there's a band that has an album they're ashamed of, Lils and Patrick will be there. Share their love on Jukebox Zeros, now on the Zero Science Network and wherever podcasts may be found. Boy, oh boy, did we watch a movie. Boy, oh boy, did Joe Pesci say boy, oh boy, too many times for Brendan Fraser Month. We watched With Honors, so you know what that means. Boy, oh boy, it's in the boy, oh boy, writer's boy, oh boy, bagel basket. Boy, oh boy. Bagel Basket. I'm Scott Curlin, and we continue Stars and Gripes with our buddy Brendan Fraser, who is not here. <laughs> uh, we watched With Honors, the movie about Harvard University. It's not the first Boston movie he made, it's technically the second. And my guest to talk about this steaming pile of shit is Mallory Saverin. <laughs> boy, oh fucking boy. So, yeah. <laughs> originally i was gonna have you do blast from the past but i like that movie i know but we wouldn't have had anything to talk about <laughs> i know we wouldn't have what like boy, oh, oh Chris- christopher walken was delightful <laughs> sissy spacek had a drinking problem <laughs> in the movie <laughs> um so this movie came out in 1994 and the only reason why they made this movie was for the soundtrack because in 1992 bodyguard came out with a soundtrack that broke all sorts of records and the bodyguard was an actual good movie have you seen the bodyguard lately no does not age well okay i like i remember liking it oh i don't (laughs) oh well and i like kevin costner and i did not like that movie and i watched Waterworld. Yeah. But this Maybe mo- I don't remember The Bodyguard that well. So, like, Warner Brothers just started making movies to make soundtracks. They did that They uh, after The Bodyguard. They did this movie. They did another movie we'll be talking about in November, Empire Records. Like, they only made movies to make soundtracks in the 90s, like, in the mid-90s. Because this one also had um, uh, The Spin Doctors, Two Princes. No idea what that is. Two princes, 
Do, 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 do. No. Go ahead now if you. Oh. Yeah. Wanna call me baby? Yep. Just go ahead now. Yeah. They and they have like Toad the Wet Sprocket and like all of these like 90s bands just to make this album. And the big draw of this was that Madonna did the theme song, which is I'll Remember. Yeah. Which is a good, I mean, it's a good song. Now. Does not go with the movie. Now, why don't you explain what the movie's about? What we've been doing lately is you're in a blockbuster video in the 90s and you pick up the video case for With Honors. What does the back of the video say, the little paragraph to explain what this movie is about? Oh, my God. Uh, Seriously or my version? Whatever you want. Uh, Watch as four college students are forever changed by meeting a homeless man that will show them that they're all privileged assholes. That's that's correct. (laughs) (laughs) They will be overcome with realizing that life does not exist within their own little bungalow where they're all just fucking each other. You will be forever changed by this movie that is also called Cliché the Movie. Also Daddy Issues the Movie. Also We're All Fucking Each Other the Movie. So yeah, this movie... Boy, oh boy. (laughs) It says it stars Joe Pesci, but the whole movie is about Brendan Fraser. Well, yeah, that's what I had said when we saw the credits and Joe Pesci got first billing. I was like, that seems weird to me because Brendan Fraser... Because he had an Oscar. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, the movie stars Brendan Fraser, um, Joe Pesci, Maura Kelly, Josh Hamilton, and Patrick Dempsey, and Gore Vidal? Who was that in the movie? Gore Vidal was the the professor. Oh, okay. Yeah, like Gore Vidal, the man who wrote Caligula. Oh. And he was also uh, a political pundit. Him and William F. Buckley always had debates. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was very, very... If you don't know anything about Gore Vidal, is he's a very outspoken gay advocate. He, okay. He, he was one of the first out and open um, political pundits. He... That's why William F. Buckley and him didn't get along. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know... Gore Vidal was gay and in your face. And yep. William F. Buckley was quid pro quo. A few advisors. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this movie is horseshit. A little bit. I swear, I think, and you even had to yell at me because I was yelling. Not that you yelled at me, but because I scared your dogs. Because he kept saying, boy, oh boy, so many times. In, in the ever-changing accent. Women, ain't they perfect? Not always. Yes, they are. They're perfect. Don't matter if they're skinny, fat, blonde, or blue. If a woman is willing to give you her love, Harvey, it's the greatest gift in the world. Makes you taller, makes you smarter, makes your teeth shine. Boy, oh boy, women are perfect. Keep your voice low. Perfect joy and perfect ache. Joy when you first see them and you get to know them. Ache when you leave them. Joy, ache. Joy, ache. Joy, ache, joy, ache, joy, ache, joy, ache, joy, ache. That Joe Pesci had. Yeah, like one moment he's like his New Yorker accent, and then he's doing. I think I figured out the voice. I think he was trying to do like a Pepperidge Farm voice, like a okay. transatlantic. Like, I well, I had said at one point, it sounds like he's trying to sound like Catherine Hepburn. That's transatlantic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's just like he kept on going, like I am not, but I'm also from New York, and I can't turn that off because I'm Joe Pesci. So I'm just going to keep waffling back and forth. Boy, oh boy. Boy, oh boy. 
boy, oh boy, like a W.C. Fields, like my little chickadee. Get out of here. It was very strange. I didn't understand why, like, yeah. And it's just, I had said this uh, towards the end, and I was like, this movie feels like it's trying so hard to be, uh, oh my God, I forgot the movie now, Robin Williams. Dead Poets Society. Yeah, it's, uh, it feels so like it's trying so hard to be Dead Poets Society or to evoke the same kind of thought-provoking, You can't say emotional. Goodwill Hunting because this is before Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, but it's just, but that's what it feels like, is that it's trying so hard to, to generate some kind of emotional response to make you think about it. And I said, as soon as this movie ended, I literally started forgetting it. Yeah, this it is, is not a memorable movie. It is such a forgettable movie. The whole movie is just so... Everything was just so cheesy and cliche. And it's like, yeah, okay, well, 30 years later, you know, things will seem cliche in the 90s. This was clearly cliche in the 90s. Yeah, it was. This was cliche. Well, not just that. So two years before, the year before, Brendan Fraser did School Ties, which is another academic-based movie Mm -hmm. about being true to yourself because his character is Jewish and he has to pretend like he's not Jewish to be at this... uh, it's actually now uh, Phillips Academy. Or that already sounds like a better movie. Yeah, and <laughs> and his bully in that movie, the one who finds out he's Jewish and like stabs him in the back, is Matt Damon. Oh, okay. So it's, this is the cast: Brendan Fraser, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Chris O'Donnell, Anthony Rapp. <laughs> Anthony Rapp's in that. Yep, I love him. Yeah, he's lovey. <laughs> Bo beating up Brendan Fraser. <laughs> yeah, like they. That's not, I mean, that sounds like a better movie. Yeah, and it that's just, why I didn't pick that one. Yeah. We needed a bad. We already did George of the Jungle, which is a great movie and ridiculous. And you got that British guy who. You've seen George of the Jungle, right? Yes. Okay, so know the British guy? I don't remember. I don't mean, I remember. One I don't of the remember poachers. That well. There's two poachers. I don't remember specifically, but. Well, the guy in that movie was. Uh, he was in all of these Mike Lee sex movies. Okay. This George of the Jungle was his only kids film. Okay. So if you didn't listen to that episode, that whole episode, I was doing impressions of him being like, can I show me penis now? <laughs> because like, it's so weird to have a well-known dramatic erotic thriller actor in a children's movie yeah. where this is so weird to have, you know, like these, I guess teen comedy actors because Brendan Fraser at this point had done Encino Man. I guess an argument can be made for like school ties, but you have the guy from Encino Man, you have Patrick Dempsey who was in Can't Buy Me Love and all of these like 80s rom-coms, Maura Kelly who was in The Cutting Edge, then Joe Pesci, Academy Award winner for Goodfellas in a movie about... I don't know. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like, what what exactly was the message here? Because this movie, again, seems like it's trying so hard to leave you with something important. But I couldn't figure it out. Is it that if you're like, if you're an asshole, if you help a homeless guy, you're redeemed? Is it that actually... You're supposed to see past people. Yeah, for what they look like, and then that'll make you a better person. No, not what they look like. Look past what they look like. Is that what I not what I said? You That's said, what I meant. You said what to look at a person for what they look like. Oh, but well, you know what I'm saying. My point Apparently is Apparently I don't. Whatever. 
It's just this movie. It's just like there were so many things to try and take away. It's like, well, what, you know, the way you're taught at school isn't necessarily how you should think. And the only way you can change how you think is if you help a homeless guy. Yeah, it was like, don't be your major. Be better than your major. Which, and also, you know, that Patrick Dempsey is just relatively a a good person anyways. He's he's the only likable character character. in this movie. Yeah. So, yeah, um... I saw this movie when I was eight years old in 94 and I never saw it again. And I just remember it being really weird. Um, And the way I described it to you is the way an eight year old would describe it because that's what I remember. I just remember him keeping, you know, Brendan Fraser's thesis and they have him live in the house and he ends up doing odd jobs like fixing the van and in exchange for booze. But that's not what, like, the entire movie... No, but the way you explained it to me was basically... The way an eight-year-old that would, because that's bunch all of, I remember. But a bunch of Harvard kids get a homeless, a smart homeless guy to help them do their homework. It's kind of what he did. He did help him write his thesis. I mean, in a roundabout way, I was thinking, like, hey, listen, homeless guy, we will pay you to write our papers. Yeah. And that's not what this movie was. No, it's but not. Also, can but we, once again, I remembered it from the perspective of an eight-year-old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just like I'm watching this and I'm just like waiting for them to be like assholes and wanting to like, hey, you know, help us, you know, write, you know, we'll feed you and clothe you and give you booze and you write our papers because you're a super smart homeless guy who's been reading because you've been living in a library. Like it's just, it's, the whole thing is straight. Not to mention the fact, I mean, this movie starts out, right? With uh, Brendan Fraser, his paper, you know, the computer stops working. He needs to uh, co- make a copy of his paper. He loses it in the boiler room, and it turns out the homeless guy is starting to burn the pages. Then somehow he decides to make a deal with the homeless guy to get the paper back by offering him things versus just like, I don't know, be like, give me my paper and I won't call the cops. But then he does call the cops. And, <laughs> and then he has to make this. And then it's like. I'll give you one thing for one page or what he's like, it's a terrible negotiating thing. The whole thing is just very strange. And then rightfully so. I mean, eventually he brings the guy back to his place. And I mean, I think it's fair that his roommates are like, um, who is this strange person you are bringing in to live with us? Only one of the roommates, everyone else is like, Oh yeah, that's fine. It's, it's yeah. The dad from uh, eighth grade is like, no, he could kill us. Yeah. Which, I mean, I think is fair, but then they get to know him, and then he continues to be an asshole. Yeah. Like, also, his whole speech about ladies in the library, when he's like, oh, she's perfect, because she's a lady. Ladies are perfect. There's no greater thing than love. That's why I abandoned my child and my wife. Yeah, and I mean, clearly, this whole movie is about... uh, Brendan Fraser needing to reconcile his feelings about his father because his father was an abandoning piece of shit. And here he is helping, helping a homeless man who turns out to be an abandoning piece of shit. And And instead of being like, screw you asshole. It turns out you're just like my dad. See ya. He now tries to help Joe Pesci. Daddy love me with his son. And it's just very like, yeah, he was clearly adopting Joe Pesci to be his father. Yeah. yeah, like even after they had their conversation about uh, him abandoning abandoning his child, the next scene is he's like, "I'm gonna take Joe Pesci to be my date to yeah. this pajama party." Yeah, very very weird. And then he goes and hooks up with apparently his wife. 
ex-wife. Ex-wife? Yeah, yeah, Claudia Hero, who uh, was married to Joe Pesci in the 90s. 88 to like 92 so at this point they were already divorced yeah so i guess they were just fucking each other yeah um yeah she's like oh wow you're so smart but you're a hobo like he's not even a homeless man in this he's like a cartoon character of a hobo yeah i don't have had a bindle yeah i don't buy that this guy is homeless at all yeah he should have been like cooking beans on an open fire yeah. with a bindle like playing a harmonica yeah. that's the type of hobo he was yeah and i don't buy that he was some like i think the movie is trying to tell us that he's some sort of brilliant guy because he lives in a library and read a lot yeah but i i'm sorry i did not buy that he was some super intelligent whatever i mean you see him so there's the court scene right after he's ki- been kicked out of the library and he's in front of the judge and he's ar- making all of these arguments. I'm like, this isn't telling me that he's intelligent. It just tells me that he's a smart ass. That he knows enough to get away with shit. Wouldn't have you loved to have it been Fred Gwynn, the judge from My Cousin Vinny? <gasps> yeah. But he was already dead at that point. But it would have been. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Gambini, my name is Simon Wilder. Boy, oh boy. Boy, oh boy. I just, I, this movie, I literally, like, I'm having trouble trying to think of things about this movie because it's just, it's very quickly leaving my brain oh it's it's just horseshit it's just but, vanishing okay so the original i was looking up the um the uh trivia about this movie so the movie was directed by alec klesman Kleisman, um who he directed only one other movie everything else was music videos um and his name is Alex Kishahan, Kishman, Kish. Yeah, I can't pronounce it. But he directed one other movie called Love and Other Disasters, and it was that sounds familiar. It was one of Brittany Murphy's last movies. Oh, you're thinking of Love and Other Drugs. Yes. <laughs> um, but everything else is music videos, mainly Madonna music videos. He did the famous Madonna documentary, Madonna Truth or Dare, which is basically her fucking a bunch of people for mm-hmm. a couple of hours mm-hmm. also d- better than this movie he also directed uh bobby brown's my prerogative music video okay that's my prerogative yeah he directed vanessa williams music videos one elton john music video <laughs> sacrifice um but he also directed the um like a virgin music video the holiday music video Holiday. And the I'll Remember music video, which is this movie. Yeah. So he directed the movie and he directed the video that he made for this movie. Oh, and uh, he directed a bunch of Fergie stuff. Like the Double Duchess and Save It Till Morning and a Selena Gomez music video as well. Mm. Well, clearly directing music videos doesn't translate to directing movies. And he wrote the screenplay for W.E., the Madonna directed, Wallace Edward, the whole Wallace Simpson um, and Prince Edward movie that came out at the same time that the King's Speech did that okay. told the same story about... Oh. Yeah, yeah. So nice. he wrote that piece of shit. <laughs> like, imagine writing a screenplay that came out the same exact time as the same movie that's better, The King's Speech. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know who I am? I'm the guy I wrote with honors. 
Yeah, that's not a point of pride, dude. Yeah. Not not a point of pride. This mo- So did the same director, did he write with honors? I think he, well, he directed it, and I think he co-wrote it with someone. Okay. But the, so when I was looking up the trivia, I was shocked that one of the people om- uh, almost cast, or wasn't almost cast, you would have thought that Madonna would have been almost cast in this movie. Mm-hmm. Because of all of the Madonna stuff in it. She does yeah. the theme song. She, you know, is close friends with this guy. Why wasn't she almost cast in Maura Kelly's role? Like, it would have made sense. Yeah. The person who was almost cast as a, keep in mind, Harvard student, Kirsty Swanson. <laughs> the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, yeah. Would you believe her as a Harvard student? I would not. Yeah, she ended up making that movie The Chase with Charlie Sheen instead. Gotcha. I will say this, that all of the actors they cast as Harvard students, they play assholes really well. Yeah. So I believe them all as as like, and I should, like, I have nothing against, you know, Harvard students, but I don't know if they were- But that's not the point. Well, whatever. I'm just saying, like, (laughs) I do not. Anyways, uh, it just feels like they're, were they trying to write them all as assholes? I guess so. If they're trying to make it seem like they're all now changed by having known this homeless dude that they had to start out as, as turds to grow. Speaking of like voices changing, like we already talked about Joe Pesci going from his weird main, you know, Pepperidge Farm voice to Catherine Hepburn to Joe Pesci. Yeah. But Brendan Fraser, at the beginning of the movie, they're all kind of talking like this. Yeah. Did you notice that? Uh, now that you mention that, I kind of recall that, where they start out sounding very waspy. Yeah. And then they slowly move into being a little bit more casual. And I don't know if that was just happenstance or if that was a choice. I have no idea. But also, the movie opens up with Maura Kelly... Uh, with like this running crew team like she's like running through the harvard campus but not just that it's an all-male crew team that she's in charge of which she would be in charge of the female team they make her so sex positive is she fucking all of those runners absolutely considering the amount of condoms she took from Patrick. yeah she yeah there's one scene where she takes like an entire sleeve of condoms yeah which and I had said this, and I was like, you know, the fact that none of them are judging her for, you know, ha- having a lot of sex. I mean, I kind of, I Well, Brendan like Fraser is. He's just like, oh, I wish Well, yeah, but that's me. because he wants to fuck her. But, I mean, Patrick Dempsey isn't. The the guy who we think is closeted gay doesn't. Um, who isn't, because then he had, like, a date at the pajama party. Oh, I don't know. Whatever. Or, as I'm going to call it, for anyone who loves House Party 2, the pajama jammy jam. <laughs> That's what it was. The <laughs> Lynx party. It was the yeah. pajama jammy jam from House Party 2. I don't know that movie. Oh. No. Oh, I don't y- like that look on your face, Scott. You're in for a I treat. don't like it. I don't Here like it. Here we go. Oh, no. No. I, I promise you that House Party 2, the pajama jammy jam, is a much better film than this. Okay. All you right. You will probably give it more bagels. I really, I'm just like, I'm kind of surprised. Like, this movie's bad. Not because it's inherently bad. Like I will, like all dogs go to heaven will sit with me probably forever with right. how bad that movie was, and I remember it very clearly. This movie is bad in how forgettable it is. Well, the biggest problem with this movie is it's trying to be like an Oscar winner. It, I can't believe it when you said that because it's just. It was just nominated for best song for I'll Remember. I mean, you know that makes sense. Like, which I mean, that was the whole point. Yeah. Write a song, make a movie. Yeah, which 
makes absolutely no sense to do to to base them. I mean, I suppose I can understand you hear a song, you're inspired by that song or whatever to create a story, but it's like it, clearly that was the intent. Let's make a really famous song and write a movie to just fit that narrative. And I mean, isn't that how we got Wild Wild West? <laughs> oh my god. I kind of like that movie though. I do too. It's <laughs> just bad. Yeah. Um yeah. Is it bad though? It is. Is it though? It is. Is it though? Do you know that Wild Wild West <laughs> and Django Unchained are the same fucking movie? <gasps> Whoa. Mind blown. That's why Quentin Tarantino originally wanted to cast Will Smith. Huh. And Will Smith said no. Huh. And do you know why Will Smith said no? Because Wild Wild West did so badly. No, because he didn't get to kill Leonardo DiCaprio's character. Oh. He was upset that it was Christoph Waltz. He's like, I'm the good guy. I'm the one who should be killing him. No. No. But yeah. I mean, making a movie just to make a song, you know what you could have done and said? It's Madonna. Just make the fucking song. It's, yeah. It's a good song. Yeah. I actually like that song. Yeah. Or better yet, find a good movie to then attach the song to. Don't purposefully make don't purposefully like all right we're gonna make a great song then we're gonna build a movie around it it's like no all right we have a great song do we have a movie that we're making currently that the song would support or would you know whatever I mean, you think about the movies that were being made at this time that came out like the oscar winning movies i mean lion king won this year but like you could have attached i'll remember to forrest gump because of like all of the Ooh. stuff i'll remember showing lbj my butt <laughs> all night long yeah no that that i could buy yeah like sure. a song about remembering doing shit yeah but it's well, like, but this is this one is an I'll remember as in they're all going to remember the homeless guy that changed their lives. Yeah. Also, I love. So the big twist in the movie are it, you is can that call, at an hour long, at an hour in, there no, was not still even 40 45. minutes left. Yeah. Jesus Christ. You find out that he has, I guess it's the equivalent of mesothelioma. Is that what the asbestos cancer is? I don't know. But he has uh, basically cancer from asbestos. Yeah. That is slowly killing him. Yeah. Um, would you find out in the middle of the movie? Yeah, when when it when the movie feels like it's building to an end, right? It feels like it's building to Joe Pesci dying in the middle of the movie, and that would inspire the change. That his death would be what inspires the change. But no, instead they find out that he's dying, and then they rally around him. And <laughs> everyone whatever. except for Jeff is Jeff the mullet man. Yeah, Jeff is uh yeah the the guy who, I mean, you should know who Jeff is. Because you like Patrick Dempsey and you like Maura Kelly. I'm so just it's checking. The other one. Well, I don't remember what any of their character names are. So the, the character names, you have the two preppy names, Monty, which is Brendan Fraser. Yeah. And Everett, which is Dempsey. Gotcha. And then Jeff, like his name should be like Percy. Or <laughs> like It's not quite white enough. Or like Moopsy. Yeah. <laughs> like something really. Yeah. <laughs> it's me, Dickie. Yeah. Yeah. Or like Thornton the third. Yeah. Or Thornton something. would be good. Like, yeah. I mean, he's such a wiener boy. So call him Holden. Like, Yeah. 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 <laughs> Blake. Blake. Yeah. <laughs> Even Jenner. Yep. Um, any name. Tristan. Ooh. Tristan. Christian. Yep. Yeah. Any of the shins. Yep. Yep. Like something like that. Jeff. Jeff isn't like a douchebag name. Jeff. Like, 
if he, if they called him Jeff and he's like, it's Jeffrey. Like, yeah. And it, and they, it's even spelled J E F F. If it was spelled like that douchey, like capital G E O. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's Jeffrey. Joffrey. 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 Or if his name is Joffrey. 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 And they kept calling him Jeff. Yeah. It's Joffrey. <laughs> no, like he needed a douchebag name. And then, yeah. Then poor Maura Kelly gets screwed. Courtney. <laughs> Her name should be like Boopsie. Yeah. Tits Magoo. Uh, yeah. Also, for for the you pointed out in the pajama jammy jam scene, she's the only one wearing like a negligee. She's wearing Yeah. Like- I mean Haley pointed out that there was somebody kind of standing behind her that was kind of wearing lingerie, but she is clearly there to stand out because she's wearing a black laced nighty and everyone else is in the casual pajamas because i'm sorry you're in grad school you're kind of indicating in this movie that none of them have a lot of money that they don't well except for patrick dempsey patrick dempsey is the one that has money but he got cut off from his dad for spending right. too because much money yeah because they talk a lot about um having to pay the rent um for um we're not gonna pay rent okay just had to do that one yeah thanks. um and uh and but she's made sure. I mean, granted, she does like to have a lot of sex, so maybe that's why she's she's there. But it's like the rest of them are in. Is that how she's paying rent? <laughs> Is she just turning <laughs> it into a brothel? It yeah. Hey, you know what? Good for her. Girls got to do what a girl's got to do. Come on, babe. I'm gonna rouge my hips. <laughs> <laughs> but she is. She's she's there in his like black sexy nighty. And then she gets in a fight with the guy that she's seeing. The face. Yeah. And then Brendan Fraser comes like out clap. and grabs her and makes out with her and says, our, we're friend- not, we're not, our friendship is over. No, she goes, what are you doing? And he goes, I'm ending our friendship <laughs> by basically forcing yourself on her. Yeah, it was very like. <laughs> yeah, that's how you end a friendship. Yeah. Now, I think now looking back, I mean, yeah, okay, the movie was like 30 years ago, so it. You know, we look at these movies a little bit differently because back then that looks really romantic. It's like super romantic. But now we look at that and we're like, gross, you just grabbed her. She was upset and you grabbed her to just start making out with her because you saw that she broke up with that guy and you decided you wanted to fuck her. And it's like a little... Mm. <laughs> yeah now. it's just a little like all right this, i know that then that they're making it romantic and now it just makes me uncomfortable also brendan fraser he's the only good actor in this movie like i mean patrick dempsey's great but he's but fun- i mean he but i mean given his character his character isn't really given much to do right but brendan fraser is like acting circles around academy award winner joe pesci in the yeah movie. like the joe movie Pesci's phoning this in the movie is joe pesci and fraser yeah like, and boy oh boy <laughs> also brendan fraser his his uh sideburns grow throughout the movie like at the beginning of the movie he he's got like this clean cut you know johnny unitas sideburns and then by the end he's got like these elvis sideburns is that supposed to say like oh he's now a different person yes fuck this movie and it's dumb face (laughs) it's just it's just i'm like i'm struggling so much to think of all these different moments and it's so hard because nothing is staying with me well so this was one of those movies do you remember when you were little like on a cereal box when DVDs just came out. Like, if you send in, like, five box tops, you got, like, a free DVD. I mean, I guess. Sure. 
this was one of the movies that you got for free. Yeah. Like the choices were <laughs> because, you know, all kids love with honors. Your choices were Get Shorty, With Honors, The Secret Garden. <gasps> I love that That's movie. That's the one that I sent in for. <laughs> yeah. That's a good movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But like With Honors. Yeah. Clearly they were throwing that in there hoping, oh, we haven't seen that one. Let's go get that one. <laughs> yeah. But who the fuck would send in five box tops? You know how hard it is to get box tops? Yeah. It's like you have to eat five boxes of cereal. Yeah, I mean that's commitment. As a child? Yeah, that's a commitment. Oh man, I just ate five boxes of corn pops. Do you know what I want? A really shitty Brendan Fraser movie. As a child. Yeah. Where the message is homeless people that you take care of will turn out to be bad people. Only if they're taking a bubble a bath wearing a Viking helmet. Parents who will I don't I don't know. I don't know what this movie is telling me. Also, in the credits it said hair and makeup for Mr. Mr. Pesci. Hair and makeup? No one did his hair and makeup. He looked like he just slopped on a shitty wig and didn't shave. Yeah. That literally was what it, and I was really waiting for them to give him a haircut. You had said this too, like pretty woman him already. Yeah, I was waiting for like they kinda do at the um the whatchamacallit, the pajama jammy jam. Yeah. Because he shaves like his, be- and his he's, beard and he's combed his hair back. And yeah, he certainly looks better after he's moved in with them officially. And he's like coming down and he's got like the bandana on and the glasses. And he's coming down. And he's like, I'm a cool roommate. No, I'm Bruce erratic. Springsteen's deadbeat brother. Yeah, Bryce. Yeah, Bryce Springsteen. Yeah. Can we just talk for a second about no. how the scene where all Brendan Fraser goes up to the attic and Joe Pesci has a mattress sized cork board on his lap? <laughs> like, what is that? And I just like, why is he holding that on his lap? And on it's it- not it's a cork board. Why is it not like like propped up against a table? It's or like standing on an easel. But the way he's looking he's at where, it, he's he's has it on his lap like it's a blanket. It's a corkboard blanket. But the way he's looking at it is like he's trying to solve a murder. Yeah, it's very it's strange. Like, like I'm gonna connect all the obituaries because that's what it is, right? It, he's yeah. finding all these obituaries because he needs to write his own. And after he's now heard the story of of um, Monty's. Bo- father being an abandoning piece which of shit which he forced out of monty yeah he forced that story which like, clearly monty did not want to tell that story and that's still a source of pain for him yeah about pesci's his. kind of a douchebag in this yeah and then pesci then decides to either forget that he's told the story or now he puts it in his obituary that he's an abandoning piece of shit and i'm totally expecting okay so now fraser's gonna kick him out and something or whatever but no he embraces him even more and then when joe pesci's trying to die he then tries to re and i thought this was a big asshole move like so you're dying and now you're gonna show up at your kid's door (laughs) your kid that you haven't seen since he was really little you're gonna show up and be like hey i'm here i'd like to see you because i'm dying fuck yeah that's a douche thing you don't have a right to show up at his house and then expect anything from him he has no right to talk whatever what if the movie just took like a sudden left like left turn twist and when he finds out that he did that he kicks pesci out and pesci dies on the street he's like walking by like the charles river one day and sees pesci's dead body and just kicks him into the river and then you just hear i'll remember (laughs) There were so many things that could have been better by this movie of trying to be like to show 
you know, how one person, I guess the movie's trying to say, well, one person can influence others and, and make you see things in a different light, I guess. Yeah, but how can that happen if his voice is changing every five fucking minutes? Like it's just Because, very- like, once he's talking like this, and then he's talking like this, buddy boy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if the courtroom scene to me, and him leaving in the, and him trying to use Brett Frederick, like, well, I'll negotiate one page from my paper for, you know, food or whatever. One page, one thing. And it's just... Uh, and so clearly, uh, you know, this homeless guy, he's obviously a manipulative guy who's a smart ass. And it's like, how do you like, to me, I'm just like, I'm sorry. I think you, you college students are all idiots and you're being duped into giving this guy a place to yeah. stay. What if and this was using you so hard? What if this was like another twist where like after he dies, you find out, oh my God, all of our bank accounts have been drained. Yeah. Where's the money going yeah. to? Bali, yeah, and, and then it he cuts out- to Joe Pesci very much alive, yep. clean shaven on a beach with, with a some bitches. <laughs> yeah, and it's just it's you know, and it turns out Jeff was right the whole time. I told you guys, this is why I put a lock on my door. Also, graduating with honors was such a big deal. Granted, I did graduate with honors, but that's not the point. So did I. Yeah, but but like I love how Gore Vidal's like. Now with your new thesis, because it's not what I wanted. You're not graduating with honors. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. It's like, that's not important to me anymore. What's more important is my growth and my what I've mom to say in my thesis. I'm sorry. He does have a nice booty. Yeah, but how could you tell, Mallory? He was wearing the mommiest yeah, but mom they were, jeans. I, I don't know. He was take, He was making that walk, and it was just it had a right fit. And I was like, all right, I can see his booty. He's got a nice booty. I didn't mind it. <laughs> It's the only okay. good part of the movie. Okay. <laughs> it, it's ridiculous. We also saw his almost naked booty. Yeah. No, you do see it. Yeah. Like when, when Pesci's dying because like they hear something coming down the stairs and they're like, is someone there? Yeah, because him and Mar- uh, and Mark Kelly just fucked. So yeah. now he's getting up putting his pants on. Aren't they worried that like, you know, his asbestos disease could spread to them? I don't think that's how that works. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm pretending to be Jeff right now because oh, he oh, even oh, said oh. something like that. He's like, what if we get sick? That's yeah. not how that works, dude. Yeah. Well, all you have to do is... Also, he he got it from being a merchant marine. They had to build their own boats? I don't know. Because he claimed that's how he... I, I don't think he understands how engineering works. I really think that just everything that Joe Pesci said in this movie was just lies. Lies, 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 lies. Also, also bad writing. Can we talk about the rooster? <laughs> Patrick Dempsey's character has a radio show, and like Patrick Dempsey opens up the movie, he's, uh, you hear a voiceover from him. He's doing this radio show, and his whole gimmick is that he has a rooster, and then the gimmick after, uh. He loses the rooster because Joe Pesci killed cooked him. Cooked, cooked the rooster for New Year's Eve dinner. Yeah, funniest fucking thing. Also, you and I both gasped at that moment. We <laughs> yeah. were both like, oh, "What? He cooked the rooster?" Yeah, but not just that. Also, it's New Year's Eve. Chinese cooks- food, like Chinese food, dude. I well, when they were having that dinner, I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was either Christmas. Christmas dinner or Christmas Eve dinner. And I'm just like, this is very, and New Year's Eve. I was like, this is a weird. Oh, can we also talk about the fact that, so Brendan Fraser stays behind during Christmas break because yeah. he needs to work on his thesis. And he's lit every single 
a candle. And then you think in he's going to fuck that rooster. And he puts it in the living room. I'm like, who by themselves at home lit's not one, not two, but like, like 30 candles. But also, the rooster is next to him in that scene. And you think he's going to fuck that rooster. Yes. Yes, you do think he's going to fuck that rooster. Cock-a-doodle dude. Well, he is all alone in that big house, feeling lonely, sorry for himself. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I can never hear the term boy, oh boy ever again. I really, it was starting to sound like nails on a chalkboard to well, me. Well, not just that. Like for a movie that you're trying to make like a very dramatic movie, why would you add in boy, oh boy? And like... Most of the comic elements, having one comedic character, Patrick Dempsey, yeah. is fine. But trying to make Joe Pesci like this Art Carney, like, you know, Honeymooners style, like, Pally Boy type yeah. of guy. No, it doesn't fucking work. <laughs> Fuck it, you, movie. Yeah, it was just, like I said, it was just a movie that was trying way too hard to be something important and be something that mattered. And it did the exact opposite and became. Just a pile of recycled ideas. I mean, you know, he walks, Brendan Fraser walks in on Maura Kelly sh- uh, showering. Or no, they're talking, the, not even walked she, in. No, no, she calls him in. That's what I'm saying. And she's showering and it's a very sheer shower curtain while she's shaving her legs. And he's like not looking, but then he's looking in the like, mirror. And I'm like, if she cared that you were seeing her kind of naked. I mean, clearly they've known each other for a long time. They have a sheer shower curtain. Like, they're not really worried about seeing each other naked. They're just not. And he's acting like, but but what makes it creepy isn't that he's standing there talking to her like a normal person. What makes it creepy is that he's looking and watching her. Through the mirror. Through the mirror as though it looks like he's not watching her. through. And it would be less creepy if he was just facing her and talking to her because it's a sheer curtain. And be like, well, I can see all your shit. And I think you're hot. And you said that I should come in here. So. And what are you truly using this razor for? Your legs? I'm not buying it. Yeah. It's just very, very strange. Uh, It was like, it was like they took, you know, all right, let's watch a bunch of important, you know, meaningful movies and pick out all of these things and kind of throw them together in a movie and like add miscast people and win an Oscar and not realize that that's a bad plan. And it was just, I like, what even is the plot to this movie? I don't know because like the plot is he takes life too seriously. He's all about his paper. And then this like manic pixie dream hobo. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. That is a perfect description. Yeah. Because I hate the term manic pixie dream girl for movies, but he is a manic pixie dream hobo. Yeah. <laughs> like, like he's like, oh, open up your eyes. You need to, you know, dance more and, yeah. you know. Fuck Maura Kelly because... And if the point was that Brendan Fraser's serious and he needs to loosen up a bit, I did not get that that was where it was going. But he didn't loosen up. He was still serious. He was yeah. just serious about something else. Yeah, it was just like, well, I'm I'm serious about my career. I'm, I think seriously about government. I'm serious about and dedicated to my thesis. And, you know, I want to be part of a system and help change things and make a difference in the world. Which, I mean, even though they all seem like privileged douchebags... 
You know, I mean, he didn't exactly have goals that were like, he's not like, I'm going to, you know, become a business major and run a Fortune 500 company. Well, and make also, it- he was in government. He wanted, to, but he never said he wanted to be a senator or, you know, a congressman. Yeah, they never he, narrowed down what his goals were. Just he only said that he wanted to change things, which, you know, okay, I would have preferred more specifics, but it wasn't like he was you know, wanting to, like, he was taking life too seriously because he wanted to, you know, marry some hot chick and make a ton of money. He even said, no, I want to make a difference in the world. Do you know who has that mentality? A James Bond villain. (laughs) What if he was becoming a James Bond villain? Well, all I really need is funding for my death ray. Yeah. It was just like, you take a guy who has, I mean, quote-unquote stereotypical noble goals for wanting to change the world and and you're saying no he's too serious about that he's not a and i guess they're saying he doesn't think for himself because he's just trying to i guess he's a puppet yeah okay but they weren't hammering that home enough that like he doesn't think for himself and it's not like he was necessarily but he didn't go to becoming a free thinker and then coming up with his own ideas, he then just... Wha- you don't go to Harvard University to be a free thinker. Yeah, but this is the thing, You right? drop out of Harvard University yeah. to create See, Facebook. See, that would have been... Right. But it's like... Oh my God, what if that's what happened? Right? That would have been more interesting. But it's like, he's saying, all right, you're not a free thinker. But then he meets this homeless guy. And then instead of coming up with his own ideas, he just copies what Joe Pesci said. And is now using his ideas. Yeah, he's a puppet. Well, not just that... Everything that happens in the movie happens because he's not fucking patient. Like, if he... The the reason why this happens is because his computer fries itself. Yeah. And it's because he won't sit down and have dinner with his roommates. Yep. Because they're like, no, just relax. Just enjoy dinner with us, and then you can go write your paper. But because he's, like, typing away and burning out the fuses... Is that something that even happens? In the 90s, yeah. Oh, okay. Can we talk? Wait. I love it when he's later rewriting his thesis because suddenly he's got new ideas, which are not actually his. And the way he's typing is the way people type. Like, you are not typing anything. His hands were not on the keyboard. You are using two fingers and typing the same keys over and over again. What are you even typing? <sighs> nothing. You're typing nothing. There's nothing you're actually typing. Monty, I read your thesis. It just says boob a bunch of times. <laughs> that was basically what he was. I'm like B N O and B N O and B N O. It's a pet peeve of mine when I'm watching movies or TV and and people are at a computer and they're just waving their hands over the keys and I'm just like, we can see you're not typing anything. Just type type watermelon over and over again. You can do that without thinking and you can say words and at the same time, but it'll at least look like you're actually typing things. Also, um, their agreement, when he starts to be more friendly with Pesci, yeah, he talks Pesci into going to Social Security to get money from the government. However, I guess the deal he made with him was, I'll take you to the movies if you go to Social Security. Do you remember what was on the marquee for that the movie that looney t- looney tunes cartoon uh film festival yeah so yeah um what the fuck yeah i don't know also i know what that i know where that movie theater is in harvard square but it's not there anymore that, yeah it used to be the lows then it became the amc another th- it's now a, not even a movie theater anymore it's nope oh yeah that's what sucks and uh it's right down the street from the brattle theater which mm-hmm. is one of my favorite theaters oh yeah 
I just this movie gets so under my skin because as dumb as it is, I can't remember shit about it. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I'm sitting here, I'm like trying to think. All right. Well, I distinctly remember it said an hour on the clock when the random commercial break came in. And then it said that it was 41 minutes. And I couldn't believe, I really genuinely thought we were at the end of the movie. Like there should have been another 30 minutes left. Like he dies in the last half hours without him. And he has to learn how to love life again. And Maura Kelly and him still bone. <laughs> yeah. It was just, I just, it was like they forgot how to write an, uh, a good emotional arc. Because I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't understand how I'm supposed to, if he, he didn't die, but he's not a redeeming character. So, and the character's not particularly interesting. And it turns out he's an abandoning piece of shit. So how exactly am I supposed to care about anybody if he didn't die and the death is the catalyst that that creates some sort of growth within these characters. Yeah, but when he does die, he does that that cliche of like he dies with his eyes open and Brendan Fraser instead of taking a pulse puts his head, head to his on his chest? Like weird. Oh, also, when he falls on the ground um uh when they're coming back from the sun that doesn't want to see him because he's a piece of shit and yep. he goes stop the car, stop the car. Boy, oh boy, stop the car. When he falls on the ground all sick, Brendan Fraser lifts him with no problem. <laughs> like, just picks him up and goes, whoop. Yeah, like, like a he's pillow. fucking Superman. Yeah. Also, I didn't understand, like, where was Joe Pesci going? Where was it, Where was he going? I, I think there's there, there was, like, a they didn't show it in an establishing shot, but I'm pretty sure there was supposed to be a body of water there, like a lake or a pond. I think he was going to fucking drown himself. Oh, okay. I'm just like, it was just very bizarre. He's just getting out. And it would be one thing if maybe he's like, he needed some fresh air because he was feeling claustrophobic because he was panicking because he was upset. But instead he just starts running off in this field. I'm like, I don't understand the motivation. I don't understand the point. So he was going to kill himself. Okay, but make it more Just obvious. Just wait two days. You'll, you'll be dead in two days. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's all very, I don't know. It's all very strange. Yeah. I mean, and also, Brendan Fraser became emotionally attached to this guy really quickly. Because he had daddy issues. There's one scene where they're playing baseball with a snowball in his crutch. crutch. Oh, yeah. Brendan Fraser breaks his leg, tripping over a bicycle. Uh, uh, st- what is it? A stand? Is it a bicycle stand? I don't know. To keep your bike rack. in? Bike rack. A bike rack. And. That's y- how he ended up dropping the paper down the grate. Yeah. And so then he's on crutches for most of the movie. Right. Um, but there's one scene where they're playing fucking baseball with a snowball in his crutch. And it's weird. Their relationship just gets weirder and weirder. Like, yeah. One of the things is this movie was supposed to star Dustin Hoffman. Instead of Pesci. Oh. It would have been just as bad. Because he would have kept in the boy oh boys. Yeah, I, but I would have. I would. Yes, but I think it would have been slightly more believable. True. Because Joe Pat, I don't believe he's a homeless man. I don't believe. Because it's like he's playing a caricature versus playing, you know, maybe this guy who's been, you know, who's. I down don't on get, his luck. Not just down on his luck, but I mean, are they trying to imply that Joe Pesci is somewhat mentally damaged i have no idea as being a homeless man and having gone through kind of trauma and whatever else because it's like it just sounds like he's being a cartoon but it's like i feel like i feel like dustin hoffman uh would have brought a level of i guess well as he says in that scene in the classroom with gore vidal 
where he basically tells Gore Vidal to fuck off. Yeah. Because Brendan Fraser, like an idiot, brings... Why would you bring the homeless man to your Harvard lecture? And why would the professor not be like, you're not a student, please leave? Well, you're allowed to audit classes. Yeah, but if he's not there officially auditing it, he's just there sitting in. They're, you're That's allowed auditing to just, it. Like, oh, I thought you need to actually sign up for that. Because in school, we could audit classes, but you needed to actually sign up for it. Oh, I no idea. He's like, oh, are you a guest? And he's like, kinda. <laughs> but like the speech he gives him, like, oh, you think that I'm a hobo? Or I'm going to just, instead of saying a homeless man, I'm just going to say hobo. But he's like, you think of me this way. You have no idea who I am, blah, blah, blah. Then everyone starts fucking clapping. Yeah, it was very, uh, it was a very, try- it was trying to be like an oh, captain, my captain thing. But the speech, I'm sorry, that speech was not that impressive. I was waiting for someone to be like, why are we clapping for this guy? And it just wasn't, it, he didn't actually say anything. I mean, I feel like it was just a bunch of, it's like trying to string a bunch of words. What is that? I think I read to sound inspirational or intelligent, just say a phrase and then say it backwards. Like, Tomorrow is too hard. Hard is tomorrow. Yeah. I instantly sound intelligent and like I'm saying something important. Right. I mean, like everything was like that. And Gore Vidal is supposed to be the bad guy, but he's also like not wrong. But that's not, I mean, he's a Harvard professor. He's allowed to to teach his opinions and his interpretation. Yeah, but he he's wrong when he he's like, oh, all you care about is the liquid aspect and takes out a money to give him to buy booze. Yeah, it's like they threw that in here. Well, we need to find a way to make him look like a prick. And <laughs> Let, let's just call him a wino. Yeah. Which I mean, also, and I saw that. I'm like, is he doing this purposely to be a prick, or is he using this as a as to kind of make a comment about something? Part of me honestly thought that the professor was actually going to try to say something profound about homelessness or 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 something. I don't know. Yeah. And he takes that at all. I genuinely thought he was actually going to kind of go there and being like, "Well, this is what you care about, right?" And I thought he was going to state something important about the human condition and how we treat other people no for for a government teacher he's really bad at teaching government yeah really bad how do you feel about this mccoy do you have anything to say (laughs) 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 he just tried to eat the mic yeah i think that 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 kind of sums up this movie of it's so bad it's i don't even want to i don't know no i mean let, let's get down to brass tacks then. On a scale of 1 to 13 bagels, 1 is gr- uh, shit, 13 is great. How many bagels are in this basket? Oh, God. I mean, I definitely want to give one to Patrick Dempsey. Yeah. Because he was entertaining and a delightful well, keep character. keep one in for Patrick Dempsey. And, and, yeah, keep one in for Patrick Dempsey and for the chicken. That Yeah, that chicken. <laughs> He ends up getting a cow for his show. Did Which, the, I'm sorry. Did I, he buy a cow? That's all, I was waiting to see the cow that they had sitting in the backyard or something. It had to be a sound effect. I assume so, but it's just, they left it ambiguous. And I'm like, are you trying to tell me that he actually has a cow in his room? Well, no, no. no. I mean, like, he probably played a sound effect sound effect on the oh, radio. No, I know that. I'm just but, saying. But I'm saying, like, you went out of your way to buy a chicken to prove your point, and you're going to not buy a cow yeah you stick to your principles you buy that cow exactly yeah so i think only because those were the only two moments that i found 
um, like Patrick Dempsey was enjoyable to watch and the roost him eating him cooking the rooster was kind of funny. I'm giving it two bagels. I'm giving it three. Why are you giving it three? I thought Maura Kelly was so adorable. Okay. And I love her. She's Nala. She was in The Cutting Edge. She is the voice of Nala? Whoa. In the original one, yeah. Whoa. It's Matthew Broderick and her. Whoa. I didn't realize that. That came out the same year as this. Huh. I can't, you know, Maura Kelly. Three months later. I can't see Maura Kelly without thinking West Wing. One season of the West Wing. They yeah, never explain. She never comes no, back. No, she just disappears. But I mean, government workers do that. I mean, they come and go all the time. So, well, I, I think, didn't they do it because they wanted Donna and Josh to be together? Yeah. Well, I also didn't like her character very much, honestly. Yeah. But I'm because of the West Wing. Anytime I see them, any of their characters, they're not the character in the movie. Every time I see Bradley Whitford or anything, I'm like, it's Josh. It's Josh. Same thing with um. Uh, the guy who plays Toby, his name escapes me at the moment. Oh, Richard Schiff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time I see him, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's Toby. I like they will always be, except for maybe except for um uh uh Jimmy Smiths, uh, but that's because I've seen him in loads of stuff. But and he's always that role. <laughs> I probably will associate him more with Sons or Sons of Anarchy. That's what I mean, Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, Sons. I call it Sons. Or or um, I always relate him to NYPD Blue. Oh, also Dexter. Dexter also. Let's just have a love fest for Matthew San- for not Matthew yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Smith. <laughs> yeah, for Jimmy Smith. Well, to me, he will always be Mr. Santiago. <gasps> yes. Yeah. But yeah. So as we come to the end, there's not much more to say about this. There's the the movie didn't leave me with any lasting impression, so I have nothing to say about it's, any lasting it's impression. It's boring of this movie. and like. Brendan Fraser is delightful, and I picked him because he got screwed by Hollywood, as you know. Yeah. But now he's making a comeback, which I love. Yeah. The Renaissance, as it's called. The what? The Renaissance. Oh, my God. That's great. I love so, that. Yeah. Um, You gave it two. I gave it three. So, yeah. Our next episode we're doing is the episode of Scrubs with him at returning as Ben, which, if you don't know Scrubs, his character dies in that episode oh yeah i've not seen scrubs i don't know scrubs at all okay well that episode is great um so yeah you can watch that on hulu if you want to watch it uh and keep up with us but uh mallory thanks for being here thanks for having me and grudgingly yeah i i just i'm just amused at how much i don't remember from this oh shut up in september you're getting to do something really cool yeah 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 so yeah um, until next time, I'm Scott Curlin. I'm Mallory Saverin. Bye. This is Kelly Reynolds, and I'm the host of Boobies and Newbies, the podcast that asks novice romance readers to think outside the dick in a box. Join me for a new episode every Friday as we review romance novels with non-romance readers. From the sweet, loving, fairy tale romances of the Highlands. Who cares about up against the wall by the fruit trees? (laughs) Like, where's the dragon? Inside the belly of a dragon. 
to the naughty erotic threesomes with Navy SEALs. Sex was a 10. I mean, you cannot get any better than this book. Come okay, on, you guys. Good. Really. We read it all. Check us out at Boobies Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Listen to previous episodes on any podcast streaming platform. You can also support Boobies and Newbies on Patreon.com for lots of bonus booby content and early episode releases. are bombing all over the country. They are posing as movies you already know. They may be in your theaters, your neighbor's home, or even your own. Why are you doing that voice? I don't know. (coughs) I thought it made me sound cool. It doesn't. I'm Jason Bishop, host of the Invasion of the Remake podcast with co-hosts Sam Stepanenko and Trish Coughlin. Join us each week as we rotate talking about your favorite films and their not-so-favorite remakes. We'll also dig deep to find forgotten films that we think are more worthy of remaking, complete with our own fantasy casting. You can get all 130 episodes and counting on... Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Radio Player FM, and all the best podcast providers, even freaking YouTube. For the low, low price of absolutely nothing, join the invasion. Subscribe today. Or we'll blow up your planet.